0: Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to talk about how to isolate yourself from society. And I've got a couple of thoughts bouncing around in relation to isolation and what it means to go into isolation. And I thought it would be of interest to you to hear these thoughts. For centuries, for millennia, even, really, for as long as human beings have been organizing themselves into collectives, there have been individuals that have decided you know what? I don't feel like participating in this. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to isolate myself from the tribe. And there are many examples of this throughout history. And there are all sorts of collectives that human beings have. Societies, cities, towns, communities, tribes, and even families on an even smaller level. And there are many reasons why people do this. There are many reasons why people have that idea. And sometimes they have the idea for themselves, and sometimes they have the idea forced upon them. Have you seen that movie 300? It's a famous big blockbuster movie. It came out a few years ago. And it's a movie about Spartan warriors. It's a war movie. And these warriors go off to war, and they battle an army which is greatly outnumbered to them. But they win, because they're such strong warriors... And the back story is that the Spartans would train their children to be warriors from a very young age They'd have very strong training regimes. And part of the training regime or the part of becoming a man as a Spartan was they would take the kid, the adolescent boy, and throw him out. They'd actually kick him out of society and he'd have to go off and live in the wilderness with nothing. and He'd have to learn to live off the land he to learn how to fend for himself, how to fight off strong animals and weather the storms of the harsh conditions outside society. And that would make him very strong, that would make him very powerful as a warrior. And there are also the people that are outcast, the people who are sent into exile, There are political exiles and people who haven't fit in with their culture because of their beliefs or their ideas or their philosophies and they've had to leave where they live because of persecution. And then there are also the mystics and it's the mystics that I want us to focus on. It's really the mystics that I'm talking about when I'm talking about isolating yourself from society. And these are the people that are in a way fed up or they don't feel like society gives them enough. They feel like there's something more. It's not the real juice. The things they've been fed by their culture aren't the real rock bottom of life, the real meaning of life, if you will. And they decide to go off and find something for themselves which hasn't been found by anyone else and can't be told to them or shown to them by anyone else. And they do this by, well, removing themselves from society. They isolate themselves. And I thought about this, and I thought about, well, how exactly do you do this? And I realized that it's not enough to isolate yourself from society. You actually have to go a few steps further. And you have to isolate yourself from the entire world. You have to isolate yourself from everything. Now, how do you do that? How do you remove yourself from everything? And The answer is, well... How are you in contact with things? What is the point of contact? And it is, well, the answer to that is your perceptions. You see things. You hear things. You taste things. You smell things. And you can feel things. You can touch things. So, to isolate yourself from society, you stop seeing, you stop hearing, you stop tasting, you stop smelling, and you stop touching. Now ask yourself, how many hours in the day does that happen for you? How much time have you spent doing that? It might be a bit tricky to work out, All of them at once. So let's just break it down. How many hours in a day are you not smelling something? I think for many of us it would be the majority of the time. I don't really smell anything unless I really actually try to smell for something. Or a very strong smell comes along. Like, oh, someone's cooking the dinner. Oh, can you smell the sea air? And smell is one of the senses. Well, it's quite neglected in many ways because we don't smell unless it is just something that comes along that is acute, or we specifically go out of our way to draw our attention to our sense of smell. So we could say that for many of us, well, we don't spend much time smelling throughout the day. And what about tasting? Well, we probably taste things more than we smell them because we at least eat Every day, depending on who you are, maybe taste and smell, they're closely related. You smell what you eat. And in fact, that's one of the tricks for savoring food, it's to smell it. If you want to savour the wine that you're tasting, really smell it. Smell it through one nostril, then the other nostril, then both the nostrils. And then you taste it. Are you tasting something right now? Is it only when you're eating that you should be tasting? What about tasting the air? Tasting the atmosphere of a room or a place. Can you do that? Now, when it comes to touch... That's a little bit different. That's a little bit more frequent because we've always got something on our skin. We've got our clothes, the furniture and whatnot. And if we draw our attention to touch, then, well, we can always feel something. There is something in different parts of us to varying degrees of depth. We can ask, well, which is the part that you can feel most easily? Is there a part of you that you can't feel quite so readily? And when we're saying that we feel something very strongly, it's an acute feeling. It's pain or pleasure. It's hot or cold. These sorts of things. But we wouldn't say that that's happening all day. Because, well, frankly, our attention is on other things for much of the time. And only a portion of our day is spent touching things, feeling things consciously. And then we have hearing and seeing. And hearing, well, it's one of those things, isn't it? Sort of like touch, which is that there are always sounds, pretty much always sounds happening. There's always an ambience, even if you're in a very quiet place. But are you really hearing it? Is the sound really going in? Now, if you're listening to someone talk, you are more predominantly centered in your hearing rather than your touching or your tasting or your smelling. So it's much easier to hear more often throughout the day. And there are many hours we could say that, well, yes, I can remember those sounds that were happening. And those sounds were something that I was aware of. And as for sight, well, sight is the big one. Sight is the the huge dominator of the senses. Sight is the thing that really takes up the majority of our awareness, the majority of our time. So how much of your day have you spent without something in front of your eyes, which means with your eyes closed? And that's the answer to the question, how much have you isolated yourself And I think for so many people, well, they don't have a meditation practice. So they, they're always having their eyes open. They're always having some sort of contact with the world. And we could break sight down and say, okay, well, how do we isolate ourselves from our culture by not looking at the components of culture? Which would be not listening to the people talking, not looking at advertising, not looking at the information, not looking at the internet, not browsing the internet, not looking at the buildings, the architecture, the infrastructure, going out into nature. And that would be a good step. That would count as isolating yourself from society. But what I'm proposing here, and what I'm saying needs to be done to go the extra mile and to get the juice and to find the jewels, is to isolate yourself from the world, which means close your eyes, plug your ears, sit down, and don't really worry about what you're smelling, tasting, or feeling. And just beyond that is what you find. It's the beginning of the treasures that you get from isolating yourself from the world. And we can call this another way, turning in. And you have to be able to see the benefit of this. You have to be able to see the importance of this. And really, at first, it takes an amount of trust. And I've always liked what adiyashanti said about this. Because someone asked him, How did you know to meditate? How did you know it was important when you first started out? And he said... Someone told me it's important to turn in, and I believed him, so I did. And it really is that simple, because the instructions are simple, but the tricky part is seeing the value in it. The tricky part is being able to entice yourself into turning in. And so many people are caught up in society, in the world, and all that's happening in it, that they don't do that. People don't ever get told, hey, you need to isolate yourself from the world. At least not in the way that I'm saying it here, not in the meaning of those words that I'm saying here. Because the meaning of isolating yourself from the world is turning in to find inner jewels that are beyond the senses. And if you do that, you'll actually develop a second set of senses. If you do this on a regular basis and you actually work yourself into it and you're sincere in it and you do some techniques and you can inquire into it and you actually have a meditation practice, you will get a second sense of a second set of senses. Which means that you'll start to see thoughts. You'll start to see things when your eyes are closed. And This is not very big of a step. It's not a very big leap. I think most people can understand this. I mean, people have the cognitive structures. People have visual structures within them. Everyone does. It's just a matter of how aware of them they are. And you can see thoughts visually. You can see things with your eyes closed. And likewise, you can also hear things. You can hear the voices in your head. Maybe, <laughs> maybe some people feel that that happens too much. <laughs> it's the voice in my head. Oh, can't the voices just be quiet? <laughs> I guess I shouldn't laugh. It's quite a serious issue. And perhaps maybe we could say that The reason the voices are so loud in your head is because they're trying to tell you something. Have you tried listening to them? Have you tried allowing them to hear and be heard? And the thing about the voice in your head and listening in your head is that many people distract themselves by the exterior world, by listening to music, by listening to People talk on the internet, by listening to the evening news, by having needy conversations. And they just need something blaring in their ears 24-7, blah, blah, blah. Because as soon as they isolate their ears from the external world, well, the internal sounds rear their heads. And that can be unsettling. It can be a very difficult period in a meditation practice. It's a very dark part of the path of meditation. And you really can go about isolating yourself from society and the world in so many ways. That's simply by saying, well, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to go to that place. I'm not going to listen to that thing. I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to talk to that person. Or however or whatever or any number of things that you can think of. And another side of this is, well, I'm not going to, isolate myself from my society, I'm actually going to put myself into a different society. So I'm going to experience different cultures. And you can do that by either going to a different society and living there, going to a different country and living there, or you can read books from other cultures, from other places, other times. You can make friends with foreigners. You can watch documentaries about things. But really, that sort of shifting of what's going in to your eyes and your ears by trying to move away from the sort of common masses or the common mainstream, it's really not enough. It's really only scratching scratchiness. So it's, it's just moving things around. And the root cause is turning in. The root issue is turning in. And to do that, you have to not only isolate yourself from society, but isolate yourself from the world. And the only way you can do that is by closing your senses. So ask yourself, how many hours in the day do you spend not seeing, not listening, not smelling, not tasting And not touching. And if we introduce the component of time to it, you start to see how important it is to actually have a regular meditation practice. Because if you're meditating for, say, 20 minutes a day, well, that's not really isolating yourself from society, is it? And there are degrees. There are different levels to this. I mean, let's let's put it into a spectrum. We can say, you know, on the one hand, if we take someone who is always watching a screen and always watching a movie and really loud music and they're always eating and they're these really strong foods... And that's someone who's really ingrained in where they are. Like some people have really got society's claws around them. And if we take that person and we say, okay, spend 20 minutes a day meditating without all that, well, first of all, they're going to have a right rough shock when they start doing that. And second of all, it's going to be very difficult. For the meditation to be effective, because they're going to go right back to the claws of society once that 20 minutes is up. But if you're conscious of these things and you're limiting your internet usage, you're not having music blaring all the time. You're spending time not looking at things particularly dazzling. You don't have a dazzling room. Keep things bland, keep things simple. And you're moving towards the meditative life. You're moving towards the lifestyle of turning in. And in that scenario, your meditation practice is going to be working much better for you. You're going to be making a lot more progress. Things are going to be opening up and the sounds within you and the sights within you are going to be coming more clear. So the trick is, do both. Have your meditation practice where you are completely isolated from the world through all your five senses. And also be aware of the culture that you're in, the society that you're in. And start to wean yourself off its claws. Wean yourself out of its clutch. And everyone's different in how that works, how that happens. But if you understand sight, sound, taste, smell and touch, then you can start to work out those points of contact of society. And you can figure out for yourself, what would be a better way to do this? What would be my way of isolating myself? For the sake of turning in. And trusting that turning in will lead to the deeper jewels. It will lead to the inner treasures. Which brings more meaning to life. And more juice to experience of reality. So that's how to... Isolate yourself. And that's all I have to say for now.